Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sunday Drivers. I am Dan, joined by Linus as always. And this weekend, we saw the 43 return to victory lane. Uh, Linus, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, some good racing this weekend. Um, not particularly, you know, fighting for the lead on every lap, but the Southern 500 was a very good race to watch. Yeah, definitely for being uh, Darlington in recent years. I think this was a, a very good race and uh, a lot of unpredictability. You know, the drivers you expected to be up front, they kind of were up front, but no one was safe and you never knew what was going to happen. And the Xfinity race had an amazing ending as well. Um, so the days was a bit long because of the rain, obviously, but overall, I think the weekend of racing was just awesome. Yeah, I it was... It's a very good race in terms of like they don't really know who is going to win. Uh, I mean, yeah, we saw a lot of domination by Kyle Busch, but it was very old school to see an engine blow, you know. Mm -hmm. So it it was a good race altogether. And then those final laps from the Xfinity race, uh, they were great to watch. But I think if those guys would have just kind of drove a little bit better, we could have had a different ending there yeah well kyle larson everybody forgets kyle larson before 2020 and 2021 like how many times did he finish second what he had some absurd stat of like almost every time he would lead more than 100 laps he wouldn't win the race and that's because mm -hmm. he he was incredibly aggressive yeah it's We've seen it multiple times this year. He, he he doored Chase Elliott to get by him at California. He doored Chase Elliott to get by him at Watkins Glen. And we saw it at Kansas. He kept hitting the wall trying to pass Kurt Busch. I mean, the difference between uh, Larson and Chastain, other than a cup championship, is that Chastain drives like that every lap. Kyle Larson waits until the finish. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean... Sure, he always wants to win, but he's in the Xfinity series and he's trying to pass, you know, a guy going for his first win to s secure his spot in the playoffs. And he drove him into the wall. I'm not really sure why Sh Sheldon Creed came out of the car laughing at him after that, being, you know, all happy and excited because it was a good race because, you know, he drove him into the fence when he was going for his first win. Uh, but I don't know, maybe that's just the way Sheldon is. Uh, but either way, it was a great f ending to the race. And, you know, I sort of expected Kyle to go for it, but I didn't actually think he would drive him all the way up into the wall, even though Kyle is quite aggressive. Uh, but with it being in the Xfinity series, I thought he would leave at least a little bit of room, which he obviously didn't. And then Sheldon Creed just going flat out around the wall in three and four. That was amazing. I was so hoping it would stick. Uh, but yeah, the... The turn is a little bit too long for it to, to work. So and then Noah Gregson reaps the rewards. Mm-hmm. Kind of almost passes out in the post-race interview. Yeah, he's he kind of played uh the I think it, when we come to Darlington, everybody expects this big exciting race because of Ricky Craven and Kurt Bush back in 2003. But Noah Gregson kind of played the role of Dave Blaney, just sitting back like, I, I'm okay here, but I kind of want these guys to mess up. So it was, 
that was a very good finish to watch. But like I said, if if Kyle had just thought about it a little bit more, it would have been kind of more along the lines of the battle that like Kyle Busch and Chase Briscoe had, I think, in 2020 uh, when mm-hmm. they traded the lead like four times in the last two laps. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Noah Gregson, like you said, obviously played it smart and waited it out. And what happened happened, and he could just drive right on by and take the win. Um, but yeah, going back to that with Sheldon Creed, like I'm not sure why he wasn't upset about it since it was about to be his first win if he drove into the wall by himself first or whatever. Uh, but that reaction that he gave to Kyle Larson opens up so many doors for people to abuse him because they know he's not going to do anything back. Um, I haven't seen any replays of it other than what they showed right after. So maybe I'm missing something. Um, but it was just kind of weird seeing someone get drove into defense for their first win and come out like, like he did. Sheldon Creek's a big boy. I'd rather him laughing than throwing stuff around, (laughs) you know, uh, that's to me, that's a little bit scarier. This guy just came out laughing. Like he's a, he's a hillbilly. That's a little concerning. I mm-hmm. I hope. I mean, other than that, maybe he was just having fun. But I think you're right. Like he he kind of took it those final couple laps, and I think that just kind of shows that hey, you can race Sheldon like this. Because mm-hmm. not on top, not only was he racing for a place in the playoffs, he he was racing for that that seat next year. Because his rookie teammates won twice this year. He hasn't. He, he's he been up front, but nothing compared to like what he did in trucks. So mm-hmm. I, Sheldon should have been more aggressive. But what can you do? You know, we're just speculating. But it was a good finish. It looked good for all of us. So, Yeah, and Noah Gregson, he, I mean... If it felt like he could have held up Kyle Larson for a lot longer than what he did, but it felt like he kind of backed out of it to give Larson the opportunity to get up there, because obviously he knew he was done. You know, didn't have a chance to win. Yeah. Uh, and with the win that he had in stage one, and was it second in stage two, he already had a bunch of points. So he played it smarter, just letting Larson go. And obviously, Larson did did what Larson had to do to help Gregson. Um, yeah. so great to see Gregson again, his fourth win of the season now, I think. Um, a maturing Noah Gregson will be mm-hmm. a problem for everybody. Yeah, I'm just, uh, that would happen in the post-race interview. Obviously, they just cut the Switch broadcast right after the interview, and I haven't read anything why. Uh, but if his behavior in the post-race interview was straight from exhaustion and nothing else... I'm kind of worried what's going to happen when he's going to go into cup and the races are going to be almost twice as long. Right. Like if he can't handle a full Xfinity race without almost passing out and throwing up, like what's going to happen when you add another two, 300 miles to it. But um, I mean, there could have been something else that we didn't catch on the international broadcast, but more, more than likely old boy got drunk the night before. Maybe. You know, it's, you're right. He he does seem to have an issue with his hydration and stuff. And hopefully, mm-hmm. somebody in his team points that out because, man, imagine, imagine the Southern Five Hundred. The 
He well, he did run most of the Coke six hundred without an issue. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just thinking dude got drunk in the campgrounds the night before because that's Noah's character. Well, he probably did on the night after anyway. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Overall it was a good race. Noah Noah again showing that this could be his year. I mean that he's driving better than he has in the past. He's not aside from what was that Road America where he spun mm-hmm. out Sage. Yeah. Uh, as that was his one major slip up this year. He's been pretty contained. He's probably going to get another win, probably two more. Uh, Martinsville, he's good at. I think that's on their schedule. So, yeah. And two more wins for the stage wins for Junior Motorsports, further proving that they're the one team to uh, to dominate the whole series. Obviously, uh, they're not first or second in the championship standings, but when the playoff starts, if they can keep knocking off stage wins like this and grab a race win here or there, I mean, like we've said before, Junior Motorsport is going to go so far this season. <laughs> Ty Gibbs and these three other guys. That's what the, the final four is going to be. Mm-hmm. I Then again, they got the Roval. Probably give that to AJ or Ty Gibbs, but it, it's probably going to be three JRM drivers and somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Cup Series race. Was um was pretty good. It, it started out how we thought. Toyota Toyota dominated a large chunk of it, uh, but William Byron led fifty laps. That was kind of a surprise to me. But mm-hmm. I I think it's shown that if you were good here in the spring, you're good in the fall. So like if you figured the track out before, it's going to stay the same. You know what I mean? Because we kind of saw a lot of the same players from uh, the spring race that we saw in the fall race. So like Legato was up front a lot. Kyle Busch, Truex Jr. was up front. Um, You know, it... And then Eric Jones, a guy who's already won this race before, won it. Yeah, took the lead 23 laps from the end. I mean, he'd been in the top 10 all race long. He scored points in both stages, uh, but taking the lead with 23 to go and never looked back, really, just drove to the end. And was that 200 wins for uh, the 43 car as well? Yeah. Uh, that's great to see, seeing... Uh, Eric Jones finally getting it done for that team too. That was, that's going to be a massive boost for next year. And 55 years to the day of Richard Petty's last win in the Southern 500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. NASCAR always finds a way to bring us those storylines somehow. And it's a good storyline too, because it's meaningful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's something they did all the time. Every time like Dale Jr. What like, Hey, did you know that your dad did this a month and a half ago to the date of you winning this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but the same happened with Austin Dillon in the, was yeah. it the Daytona 500 with the penny as well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just so weird. But like we sort of predicted, you know, non-playoff drivers going to be up there stealing wins from the playoff guys. And it happened in the first race with a guy that we maybe did not really expect 
to do it. Uh, but if it wasn't Eric Jones, it probably would have been Truex Jr. because he was uh, the fastest car when his race ended, uh, yeah. I would say. Yeah, um, Denny Hamlin was, yeah, the two two of the four, the two of the four Gibbs Toyotas uh, had issues with their engines, I mm-hmm. believe it was. And that's that's not very good going into the playoffs. But the other two, Hamlin and Bell, both finished in the top five. Yeah. So. Yeah, they had, all of them had great speed all day long. Um, it sounded like Christopher Bell was having issues as well for a while, but he seemed to have figured that out. Um, thankfully for him. And Hamlin, you know, he had speed all the way to the end as well, really close to winning the race, but ultimately finishing second with the Reddick behind him. But these issues that Toyota had um, should probably be a worry since it happened to two cars out of six, so 33% of their fleet in the first race of the playoffs. Um, So that will definitely be looked at obviously to see see what's gone wrong there but other than that you know this was a race where i don't think you wanted to be a, be a playoff driver because nearly all the playoff drivers had issues chase got in a crash had a damage vehicle policy kyle larson was what four laps down at one point yeah and got back on the lead lap and finished 12th um Briscoe had issues. Obviously, Cal Bush, like we said, engine issue. Austin Dillon had a terrible car all, all race long. So it felt like half the playoff field had issues here. So Aris had issues as well. Can't really remember what that was. Cindric had some problems. You know, everybody <laughs> seemed to be struggling. And then the caution came out in the middle of a pit cycle to mess it up even more for them. It's like yeah. the craziest playoff opener I think I've ever seen. I mean, and even with all that, Kevin Harvick, who's in 16th place, is only 13 points out of being good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the All this wild stuff happened, and it's still only 13 points is the difference. I mean, yeah. we saw Chase Elliott take a slide to ninth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had such a... Such a huge gap, though, with the playoff points, and this just goes to show how valuable every single point is for stage wins and wins and positions in the uh, regular season standing. But now he's only fourteen points above the cut line, so right. That's that's nothing with two races left. You know, one more issue like this, and he's going to be fourteen below. Uh, what it, he finishes like sixteenth next week in Kansas, and. Kevin Harvick wins or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I never thought that we would be talking about in this episode, Chase Elliott might not make it onto the round of 12. It's a very good chance if his slide continues, because he did not have a good Kansas. If it, if the trend continues, it's not going to look good for the former champion. No, it's, uh, I mean, obviously accidents happen and there's nothing you can do about it. But now that he's been in that accident, obviously it's going to be in the back of their minds and they can't afford to lose that anymore. And that's going to make them even more vulnerable, I think, because when when you've got momentum, you're just looking forwards, you know, everything just seems to work. But as soon as something goes against you and you start to worry, 
things are just going to go south. So this team really needs to rally together and, you know, forget about this and just go for it next week. And I think they'll be fine. But obviously, if something was to happen, it could be someone else's mess that they get dragged into again, you know, and all of a sudden he's on the outside looking in. And being the winner of the regular season with 45 playoff points, I think he got in the end. Yeah, that would be a pretty incredible way to go out. Because Kansas in the spring, he spun during the mm-hmm. race like he, he did at Darlington. So yeah, the danger is there. I mean, all it takes is Kevin Harvick to have a good day, uh, Austin Dillon to have a good day. And, and it's possible again, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, Alex Bowman has been silent all season since Charlotte, and he had a decent race. Yeah, the the two guys we expected to be at the back to not show up, they showed up strong, and Byron even won the first stage. And that's the guy we're expecting to go out in the first round. So um, they switched it up, definitely, when they had to. All uh, Hendrick Carr seems to have done that. Um, You know, Larson, like we said, rallied back from four laps down to finish 12th. So um, they found some speed again. Thankfully for them, right at the right time. But uh, see if they can carry it through Kansas and uh, Bristol as well and make it through to the next round. But it's uh, like we saw this weekend, you know, one mistake could end your whole playoff. And thankfully for Chase, he had the cushion of the points. But uh, for yeah. Harvick, it's not looking quite as good. Yeah, I mean, he he had a, he was having a strong day until his car caught fire. And again, he's only 13 points out. Kansas is a good track for him. You know, it's Mm -hmm. none of this is written in stone until the checkered flag drops in Bristol. And this is the first time we're seeing this play, uh, this format kind of living up to what NASCAR meant it to be. Mm -hmm. But if you look at, you know, Harvick, he finished, uh, where did he end up? He got scored in p33 cal bush is three positions ahead of him but they are separated by quite a few points it's uh 21 points in the standings 20 no 19 actually uh and that's all down to the stage points that cal bush scored he won the second stage finished third in the first stage that's 18 points and there's 19 points between them yeah. So that just goes to show you as well how important these stage points are going to be throughout these playoffs. That is actually all that is between Harvick and Kyle Busch now after they both had issues. Obviously, Harvick caught fire. Kyle Busch's engine blew. There's nothing you can do about it on either side. But Kyle Busch, he won a stage and finished third in the stage before his thing happened. And those all the points he scored there is exactly what's between him and Harvick. So those two stages that he had could prove to be the difference between him beating Harvick and not beating Harvick. Yeah. So, And of course, like you said, Harvick caught on fire, which led to him cutting another interview about horrible these cars are, which leads mm-hmm. to NASCAR fans to take it to the NASCAR groups to talk about how terrible these cars are. Everyone wants to talk about how unsafe and how terrible, but nobody wants to talk about how NASCAR has been fixing every issue that comes up. Mm-hmm. yeah it's an issue it's more than likely gonna get fixed we're not seeing tire issues every week now 
You know, we're not seeing massive lug nut failures every week now. It's there. Yeah, when's the last time a tire came off? Right. Uh, and then a car, I can't remember who it was, but a car caught on fire a few weeks ago and NASCAR fixed that problem. Now they have a newer one. Now they're probably mm-hmm. going to fix that. Like just sit back, shut up and watch the racing. <laughs> it's, it's as easy as that. Every, every car had issues. Like what's the last generation uh, in what five years we saw multiple instances where drivers had to step down from driving for a while because of injuries. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah. And there was a lot of, you know, exhausts getting into the car after crashes, you know? Yeah. Drivers I mean, having to get out because they got, in, um, what do you call it? They got carbon monoxide inside yeah. the car because something broke, you know, after they hit the wall. That doesn't happen in this car. The thing that bothers me a bit with the Harvick thing, though, I might have heard it wrong, but it sounded like he said that the car was on fire and he kept driving for like two laps and then the fire started coming through the dash. Like, if you know you're on fire, why do you keep driving for two laps and then complain that the fire comes through the dash? I didn't really get that part, but I might have misheard. No, no, that is 100%. He said he was on fire for about two laps. Mm Mm-hmm. Why aren't you coming to pit road, bro? Like, like at one point, it's kind of like some of these guys just decide to get a sound bite. You know, mm-hmm. would I would I rather come to pit road, get the flames put out, and then go back dead last, or why be trending on Twitter? Yeah, I mean, look at was that Busher a few weeks ago? His car caught fire. He drove onto pit road. He came back on track and finished on the lead lap. Right. But Harvick, he'd rather stay on track and put his whole car on fire and finish 33rd in a playoff race. I mean, obviously, it's not that simple. But if he knew his car was on fire for two laps, I don't understand why he just decided to keep going. Yeah, you know? why isn't his crew chief like, hey, we're coming to pit road. This like, like are, were they just hoping that the wind would blow the flames out, you know, in a, in a contained area? It's, it's possible. It's it's not like it's not like a, a Reese's Pieces wrapper on the front grill, guys. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's one of those things. It, it just doesn't make sense. And then that's all the NASCAR community is gonna hear. They're not gonna question why he drove around. No. But it NASCAR is gonna fix this issue. It's Every car has had issues for whatever reason. People just don't want to like this. I And I don't get it. I mean, we've seen great finishes. Has every race been side-by-side photo finish? No, but we have seen tracks that have been dead for years put on good racing. Mm-hmm. Like Darlington. Both the spring race and this race had exciting finishes or good races overall. It's I don't know. If you're not going to like it, you're not going to like it, and that's on you. So, anyway, uh, next week, we are heading to Kansas. We talked about it a couple times. Uh, I think this is going to be a bigger deal for a playoff guy, you know, play a bigger role than it used to because the race we saw back in sprint 
and the spring was completely different than anything we've ever seen at Kansas before. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and Toyota is kind of, they had issues with their engines now, like we talked about, but last time at Kansas, they had five cars in the top six. Obviously, one of them is out now uh, with Kurt Busch, who won. But they definitely showed speed. I think they had, yeah, Bubba finished 10, so they had all their cars in the top 10. So they know that they are fast at Kansas. And the top four was in P11. So the Chevys know that they've got some speed as well in a few cars. You know, Bowman, he finished ninth. So yeah. that could secure his spot in the next round if he can do well here. Larson well, finished second. Chastain yeah. was seventh, and he needs that yeah. kind of race again. So I think apart from what we saw this week, I think next week we might not see that many issues from the playoff drivers and those who do suffer issues, they're going to suffer harder than what they did this week because of how many had issues at Darlington. Um, so it's going to be important to stay out of trouble, try and score all those playoff points because uh, coming out of this round, I think it's going to be super close around the cutoff. So Bristol is going to be mayhem. <laughs> I think it's going to be one of the best Bristol races we've ever seen. But that yeah. is, you know, obviously in two weeks' time. So, But I think Kansas, it, Kansas is going to be important for everybody. And if you don't come out of Kansas with a bunch of points, I don't think there's going to be a way to make it through to the next round. Unless you figure out how to get good at Bristol. Mm, uh, unless you win Bristol, obviously. Yeah. it's And like also for guys like Chase Elliott, who finished, I think, 15th in the spring, everybody else who finished in the top 10 are guys who are ahead of you or could bump you out. I mean, Kyle Busch, uh, Denny, Chris, Christopher Bell, Chastain, like, even if Elliot finishes where he finished in the spring, points-wise, it could be a horrible day for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would be worse for these guys if a non-cup driver like Martin Truex Jr. or Bubba Wallace, who was good there in the spring again, uh, went out and won both stages. You know, what's that do for strategy then, too? Mm-hmm. That's that's another thing on top of uh, non-playoff drivers winning the the playoff races. They're probably going to start winning the points too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're still racing for their positions. So a Truex is pretty much locked in to be P17, I think. Uh, yeah. But the rest of the guys are really tight. And obviously Truex wants to do what he can to show, you know, what he's got for his sponsors and for his team and, do the best he can. So, he uh, tricks is definitely not going to back out. He needs to win too. Mm-hmm. I think he said a good in his uh, his interview after Darlington. When we have bad cars, nothing happens to us. But every time we have a car that can win, something happens. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's been his his season in a nutshell basically every time he has a good car something happens it's surprising because he finished like fourth or fifth anyways on points right so obviously he's been consistent throughout the season but with the system the way it is he needed that win he didn't get it so maybe get it now in the playoffs so i was predicting him to win darlington and kansas and i'm still predicting him to win kansas after what happened at darlington so we'll see um him and kyle bush uh, those are going to be the two guys to watch because Kyle Busch had a very strong car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a bit 
interested though in uh, you know since Kurt Busch won last uh, last time around obviously Ty Gibbs is in his car now so I wonder what Ty is actually going to be able to do obviously he's in the 23 but it's still in the 45 car actually and he's not you know um, we've not seen much of him in the last few races but he's actually finished in the top 10 in five of the last six still sixth again at Darlington without making too much noise so he's just quietly making his way you know, to the yeah. front in every single race. Um, actually, that is wrong. That was you're the, looking was at thought, it. Yeah, it's, I'm looking at the Xfinity stats. He finished 15th at yeah. yeah, I thought so. That sounded so. Like, why is he not showing up though? But he's been. I mean, he's been having good good races, and he he was up in the top ten a bit in that race. So he's. Uh, and he, he knows how to drive at Kansas. Uh, he's yeah. won ARCA races there. He's won Xfinity races there. There's no reason why Ty Gibbs couldn't play spoiler. No, I mean, I, I still think if he gets to race every race for the rest of the season, which I think he will, I still think he's going to end up with a win before this season is over in the Cup Series at some point. Um, Somehow, I mean... Obviously, in the first few races, he was doing really, really well. And now he's come back down a bit, even though he's still running up near the top uh, the top yeah. 10, even though he might not finish there all the time. Uh, but if he gets to track where he's comfortable, he gets speed in his car, I still I don't see why he wouldn't win a race, you know? There's no reason why he can't. He... It's Ty Gibbs. Nobody wants to believe this kid's hype yet. He's showing that he can handle these cars. I mean, look where he's done well at. Pocono, uh, Michigan, all hard tracks. And Kansas, like I said, he's at home at Kansas. He's That's mm-hmm. where he uh, cinched up the ARCA Series Championship last year. Then he won a Xfinity race on the same day. He's. I would not be surprised if he finished his top five. I would not be surprised that 23XL has a banner day. Yeah, I mean, he's... From what I can see here, he's raced at Kansas once in the Xfinity Series, and he won that, which was last season. So, And that wasn't even in a full-time ride. Right. So coming back to Kansas now, obviously, you know, you'd expect him to be fast around there. And... With a car as fast as Toyota was there last time around, I don't see why he why he couldn't, you know, because well, he's uh, go ahead. He's consistently, you know, getting these finishes that no one's really expecting him to. He had issues at Richmond. He finished outside of the top twenty at Watkins Glen, but you know he's around there, tenth to fifteenth every single race. Other than that, all pretty much throughout the entire race. So yeah. And no one's expecting him to win. So if he gets up there and gets speed, I mean, he's going to fly under the radar until it's too late. This is the year to do it, 100%. Mm-hmm. And another thing is in the ARCA race last year, he was actually going to win that race, but he caught, got caught up with a battle with, I think it was Corey Heim, and Nick Sanchez was able to sneak right behind him. Like, it was so sneaky that the commentators didn't report on it for a half a lap. Mm-hmm. They're paying attention to Ty Gibbs and Hine. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's 
it's not impossible, especially not this year. And I think Ty Gibbs is another one of those just generational talents. There are going to be great drivers coming out of his class of his generation, but mm-hmm. he's going to be the best. Yeah. Uh, I one of the best, definitely. At least <sighs> at worst. Well, you know he's going to that 18 or 19 car, you know. Yeah. So it's uh and all we're gonna hear is oh grandfather's money. Like, yeah, that's what got him there, but that's not what's getting him to win these races. We've watched him actively mature and learn as a driver this year. Mm-hmm. And like the only reason why he's not gonna win the championship is because of the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because he's he's very close to the Xfinity Championship or regular season standings, I I think uh, AJ Allmendinger only has him by a few points. So it's up to fifty one now, actually. Oh, okay. Allmendinger's had a few good weeks, so he's uh, he's pulled away. He's wrapped up quite a few top fives here now in a row with his seventh at Michigan, but. Uh, you know, Gibbs isn't far off, but it's the it's the stage points that's doing it. You know, he's a yeah. couple of positions behind or one ahead every race, but then the stage points are getting AJ further and further ahead. But you just, I mean, one race and that could all turn around fifty one points. That's less than what you can score in a race. So that battle is definitely far from over. Right, and two races to do it. So mm-hmm. who knows? Uh. I mean, again, A.J. Allmendinger has been consistently good, but not like J.R.M. good, you know? No. it's it, He's everybody's favorite underdog, but he's a good driver. He's a probably the greatest uh, road course racer behind a stock car, but he's a good driver everywhere else, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't really look at Vegas or Kansas and go, AJ's going to go out there and he's going to dominate. What? All right. Uh, Bristol, uh, any any predictions on who do you think is going to get in victory lane? Or not Bristol, Kansas? Um, I'm going to stick to Truex. Yeah. I'm going to keep my money on him. I'm going to say Kyle Busch or Bubba. I think Bubba is still showing that he has a good team and his pit crew is now starting to cooperate. And he had a he had a car that passed like 62 cars back in the spring. So who knows? Who who knows, but I see it being the 18 or the 45 in victory lane. Mhm. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will be back next week with uh, hopefully uh, talking about an exciting Kansas finish.